Hi guys, it's another episode of the Empty Stands podcast. My name is Ibuka and I'll be more or less hosting this episode. Uh, with me today, I have three very strong members of the Empty Stands family. I have Reward, I have Albert, and I have Faye Shiro. So what we're going to talk about today is the just concluded January transfer window and would look forward to game week 22 which is actually a double game week for manchester united and leeds just talking about who to sign who not to sign and how the general transfer window especially the deadline day transfers have affected or should affect our fpl teams so we would start with um talking about the top six clubs and the business that they did uh, Liverpool were able to complete the signing of Cody Gapo fairly early into the, the window from PSV. We thought Gapo was going to United. There have been so many links and stories about it, but he ended up going to Liverpool. And it's been, what now, reward? Four or five games? Uh, I think, yeah, five games are no-go for Cody Gapo. Um, what are your thoughts on the transfer? And do you think Gapo can still deliver. Um, hi, Buka. Well, I think I would like to be a bit lenient on him because I think since he came to Liverpool, it's just been unfortunate that he came in when um, I think Nunes got, was it a red card or he got injured? Right? So he's had to be like played out of position. He's been playing as the centre forward. Um, and when you're flanked by Oxley Chamberlain, um, no shade, but I don't know. That guy is useless. Um, and of course, we know we all know Salah's struggles since the start of the year. Salah hasn't been... He's not the Salah we know before, right? So, um, center forward is in Gakpo's strongest um, position. I know he's played there a couple of times, and I think he played there a bit at the World Cup, but although he was supported by um, what's the name of this guy? The Baka striker. Yeah, Depay. Yeah, Depay? I think from the second game. Depay. Yeah, yeah, but normally he plays um, as an eight. He supports the striker, but Liverpool is not, I don't think they're utilizing him in his favorite position. So I can give him, I can cut him some slack. So, um, yeah, but it's not It's not looking good at all for Gakpo at Liverpool. Like we thought, <laughs> I know United fans have been like, <laughs> they missed, they dodged the bullet, but I think it will come good eventually. But for now, nah, it's not, it's not looking good. Yeah, we can only hope that he delivers. I, I think, you know, your approach is the right approach. Let's get, let's give these guys time. It's, it's not easy. It's never easy coming to a new league, a new country, and coming to a Liverpool that is not playing like Liverpool. So, we can afford to give Capo some time. I know Albert will not want to because he's a United fan, but I think we should. Um, let's quickly talk about Spurs. and We'll go to Faye because um, I know Faye is... The proud Chelsea fan, but also a lover of um, Antonio Conte's tactics and you know his setup, his organization, his management style. And looking at Spurs and what they're trying to achieve this season, they 
went into the general transfer window and they stole, if I can use that word, uh, Dan Juma from Everton. It's what you call a proper hijack because everything was pointing towards Dan Juma going to Everton and then you know, he just diverted and went to Spurs. And he has already scored for Spurs. Scored for Spurs in the FA Cup. And they also finally completed the signing of Pedro Poro, um, a right back slash right wing back from Sporting Lisbon. Uh, reward, uh, sorry, Faye, how do you see, or how did you see uh, Spurs transfer window? Do you think um, it was a good one for them? If you had to grade them, do you think they'll get an A or a B? Because it seems like they've addressed some of the holes in their team. Good evening, guys. It's nice to be here once again. Uh, first of all, I'm not a lover of Conte anymore. I used to love him, but I'm not. I'm not a fan of uh, pragmatism and uh, over reliance on the defensive setup. It's not. Yeah, so far, but it's not so pleasing to the eyes. So, well, uh, there are some uh, obvious needs in the team, and that they were able to address some of them. Right back, I wouldn't say they were in need of a right back. But given that they later traded uh, Matt Doherty, uh, it makes a lot of sense getting someone as exciting as a uh, horror in. So if Conte would play him, it would prove to be a good signing because, of course, he's highly rated. And uh, a lot of us Chelsea fans who are bent on uh, getting Enzo, well, we got him eventually. We were forced to be become a, a fan of the Portuguese Liga. And we saw some games and we were able to scout Poro too. So it's a good one. Dan Juma, well, I wouldn't say they were able to outsmart everything. Uh, according to what Dan Juma said, Dan Juma had an agreement and was going to play for Frank Lampard. They pulled power and immediately Lampard was uh, uh, housed there then. He had to uh, pitch his tent with another team. So, well, if I'm to rate their transfer delays, I'll I'll give them a B plus, B plus. Well, B plus is fair. Um, also, giving Jeff Spence a chance to revive his career was a big positive for me because it was clear that Cote did not want that boy from the world, and I felt bad for him because it's not really his fault. He wanted to make that step up to the Premier League, and it was just unfortunate for him that he was transferred to a team that the manager did not really care about. Him. Sorry, hold on, Ibuka. Before you move on, did did Conte care about Doherty? Uh, well, he gave Doherty some games and you know, Doherty had his own run in the team, was rotating him and uh, Emerson Royale. But then to terminate the contract, that was, that was surprising. I did not expect that. So I really don't know what's going on at Spurs in that regard. Maybe they had some issues. But to let go of Doherty, loan out Jet Spence and bring in someone as good as Pedro Poro, I think it, it all turned out well for them. Alright, so let's talk about United. Um, Albert, as a United fan, how would you rate your team's January transfer window? Are you going to give Manchester United an A, B, C, D, or even an F? Um, you were crying out for a centre-forward. You got a centre-forward. Bout Vegas <laughs> from Burnley on loan. Uh, you know, it's one of those things that circumstances just aligned for him to make that move i think if it was any other manager 
I'm not sure he would find himself at United. So I'm happy for him because it's probably a dream of his to play at such a big club. He also got in Jack Butler from Crystal Palace on loan. And um, that's because Martin Dubravka left. Um, he was on loan from Newcastle and he left. And Marcel Sabitza on deadline day joined from uh, Bayern Munich on loan with the option to uh, make it permanent. So three loan signings in January, Albert. How does that make you feel? Honestly, I think it's more of the business right now for Manchester United. And it's going to be very difficult to rate this transfer window because now it's it's very strategic for them right now. They don't want to go hard in the market. They, they are not Chelsea. I think Chelsea has been ridiculous. So they're actually weighing their option because Ten Hag wants to ensure that he's building the right players and building the right team. So he's going to ensure that if he's bringing these particular players on loan, he's going to try them out and see if they could be permanent stays. Sabitza is an amazing midfielder. He's actually a utility midfielder because he plays attacking midfield, defensive winger, and also as a second striker. I know he didn't get his chances at Bayern Munich, but having him in United is a stopgap for the very injured Christian Eriksen. I know Manchester United is going to miss Christian Eriksen. It's very sad that we're not we're losing him through injury. But right now, I think Wild Vegas, we just need to give him that chance. Um, Marshall hasn't really stepped up uh, this season due to injuries. But Vegas was a shining light in the, in the World Cup. And I think right now he has his chance to be that centre forward that Manchester United need right now. But not long term, just for the short term. And I hope he's able to produce the efforts that we need him to. And honestly, I don't think there's lots of pressure on Vegas right now. Why is that? Because Rashford is actually putting the ball into the net. And not everyone actually has so much high hope for Vegas. If he produces enough goals for us, all well and good. We know he's a stopgap. And... One of the reasons why Ten Hag loves him is because he can hold the ball. And <laughs> this is one thing that um, so many strikers don't know how to do. Um, shots fired back then when Lukaku couldn't even hold the ball for Manchester United. Uh, right now, at least, Vegas can hold the ball, hold the play. And that's amazing. Jack Butland definitely is going to be on the bench for a very long time. So... Yeah, I can say I can give them a C for this. I can give them a C for this. I like they are very fair. I like they are very fair about it. Um, but now let's go to the guys that I don't know if they can be impartial. But we're going to talk about Chelsea. Now, going into the season, Chelsea had a reasonable number of issues in the squad. They were not properly addressed in the summer and we were not expecting those issues to be addressed to this extent at the end of january to be honest i was expecting a very calm january transfer window maybe a couple of signings and we call it a day but then yeah 
But Boli just went ham because uh, at the end of the day, Chelsea completed what eight signings. David Dachu for Fana joined from Mode. Benoit Badiashile joined from Monaco. Andre Santos joined from Vasco de Gama. Joao Felix joined on loan from Atletico Madrid. Mihailo Modric joined from Shakhtar Donetsk. Noni Madweke joined from PSV. Malo Gosto joined from Lyon, but he's going back to Lyon on loan um, to the end of the season. And the big one, Enzo Fernandez, the British transfer record. Uh, he joined Chelsea from Benfica. So I'll just go straight to to reward. Uh, reward as a Chelsea fan. Um, are you excited about the business that was done? Do you think the club recruited the right profiles and the right uh, players? And if you had to give the window a rating, what rating would you give? Hmm. I don't think I've been this excited about Chelsea um, like I was yesterday after the signing of Enzo. Um, <laughs> I know some people even question if I was sleeping because <laughs> I was literally more. I did not sleep. I can't be like, I did not sleep. Like, <laughs> oh my god! But what what a window Chelsea has had, like. So Bully and Tim, I must, I don't know, I, I wasn't expecting this, but they have blown everyone else out of the water from their shrewd um, business and um, way they went about the whole contract thingy with FFP and they just proved so smart. Like, I can't even believe this has happened in just one window. You listed the signings, eight signings, in, and they're just not regular signings, right? I mean, Arsenal wanted Felix. We got Felix. Modric was li- literally twerking for Arsenal. <laughs> From nowhere, Chelsea swooped him up, right? And then Enzo. Typically, because we, we know how um, last summer went with our um, pursuit of Rafinha, Kunde. I'm sure people still had that PTSD that oh, this was going to be another Rafinha deal again, right? That's would struggle right to the end and miss out like so everybody was even though it was done but we're not we're like no until he holds that shirt <laughs> we don't think it's done yet i remember watching the fabricio um stream last night um and about 70k people were waiting for him to announce that deal that showed you how how in fact every other deal he was mentioning before there was just like people were like what's this one just tell us what we came here for <laughs> So I was really say I'm impressed with um, Chelsea's signings. It remains to be seen how um, Graham Potter would be able to uh, manage each of them, all the egos, and um, come up with something worthwhile. But I guess the jury is still out on Graham Potter. But I mean, Bully has given him all the tools he needs. Like there can be no complaints after this. Jorginho was also let go i mean for someone who had like six months left on his contract and we're able to get 13 million because trust me as i know Arsenal will win the league so that's one million extra they also get um a ucl place that's another one million extra so 13 million for someone who was literally going to work for free in six months time that's amazing business if you ask me and this is not this is not bias speaking um, it was unfortunate that ZH's um, move collapsed on the final day. I honestly don't know what went wrong. Um, Chelsea have refused to take blames. PSG are 
are so annoyed and upset, but I mean, they had the whole of January. Why didn't they get that deal completed if they really wanted him? Why wait till the deadline? So um, it remains to be seen how um, these players gel and help Chelsea's already dwindling season. But for transfers alone, I would give it like an 11 over 10. Um, 11 over 10 reward that is very generous of you honestly uh, can you remember when yeah Tottenham sold Bill so they used that 100 million or 80 million it was about 85 86 anyways they used the money went to the market and just kept buying ad hoc players and i'm not saying chelsea actually bought ad hoc players i'm just saying you come into the general window and you go shopping like this and you give you go shopping for players that's actually high quite good quality players and give it to a mediocre manager is that good strategy or is that just the owner flaunting his funds i don't know you answer that that's why I said. That's why I said it remains to be seen what um, Potter can do with this guy. Yeah, thanks, Robert. And Albert, I think Chelsea already had their Carabao, um, like transfer uh, window where um, you can remember after the transfer ban, we spent all that hazard money on Chilwell, Havertz, Werner. Yeah, and a few others. So we've already had our Garrett Bill window. So we're good. Thank you very much for being concerned. And um, when you know, maybe if we do an episode deep diving on FFP and finances, I can always back United and Arsenal fans to help us calculate how much we've spent, how much we have left, because um, you guys are just fantastic accountants at the moment. So I, I don't even know how much we've spent. I'm not keeping track of all these things. But it's glad to, uh, it gladdens me to know that you know rival fans are pressing all these calculators for us. Uh, but yeah, thanks for being concerned, Albert. Faye, do you want to say something? The, the, yeah, the truth is that the real, the real rich people, they they don't they are not concerned about how much they spend they get because they know that they are not spending all their liquidity. They are just spending crumbs you get. But the poor people that will be shouting, ha, hey. Is overspent though. So let me now go to the cross of the matter now. Uh, Chelsea fans, I'm very sure that the thousands of fans worldwide are praying for Chelsea, especially the new signings, to capitulate. Uh, my good friend Lacon, I'm giving him a special mention. I'm sure he's on his knees praying to his gods for them to all fail so that he can have a big say. But the difference. Uh, which someone had pointed out uh, between Chelsea's uh, business and uh, what the guy Bill uh, Tottenham did then was that Chelsea did not go for 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 the oldies. They have gone to bring in young, exciting talent. They are not entirely uh, people with just potential, like like some would want to say. They've been doing it. Maybe we don't have enough. Uh, enough uh, uh, games to prove that they could do it in the recent. But then they've shown that they are quality enough 
and they are killing it in their respective leagues. Look at Modric, look at Enzo, look at Noni, all of them. And Potter, the jury is still out, but if his works, uh, his previous works are anything to go by, these are the kinds of signings he loves. Young players are a mode. There's a saying, you can take it also to the sea or to the river, you can't force her also to drink. The likes of Habumeyan, Thiago, Aspliqueta, Kovasi, Jorginho, Kante, they have spent forces. They've seen everything they want to see. And uh, Potter does not have the, 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 the he doesn't have the, uh, this thing on his CV to tell them, this is what I want to do. But you have talents that are just young, they are just starting their career, so to speak. So they can listen to him. And if he cannot impact on these guys, then he doesn't, it's not, it's not fit to be the coach of Chelsea. So I'm very happy that Chelsea or the owners were able to splash out huge sums now. The jury's still out. I don't know. They say they will be patient with Potter, but like someone said, patience doesn't seem like a virtue when you consider all the factors. Because every rebuild that could have taken three, four years, they've rushed it. It's, brilliant. it's very beautiful to see. But then, are you saying when everything comes crashing, they will not give Potter the pink sleep. Well, we'll have to see. But for now, we are happy, we are excited, and uh, we'll keep on drinking the tears of our uh, rival opposition, our rival fans. Thank you. Thanks, Faye. I think, uh, for me, worst case scenario, Potter ends up building a team for another person to use to win trophies, just like what Lampard did, where Lampard built a team, but it was clear that he couldn't take it to the next level. And Thomas Tuchel came in and took that team to the Champions League, um, Champions League final, and came back home with the trophy. So I believe we have a very good squad now. Um, Potter would start to run out of excuses because you have the players, you have the right profiles, you have um, quick, skillful players now in the attack. You have um, a midfield controller who's he's just everything in there. Like Enzo is, Enzo gives me a lot of joy because he, he's he's so much. Like you can do almost everything uh, from from that midfield position, and you know, Badi Ashley has just brought that defensive solidity uh, to the team. So I want to ask Faye and Reward before we go into Arsenal and what Arsenal did. Um, Champions League rules state that you can only register three new players. I know Sky Sports did a video, uh, there was this guy that was talking about how, you know, all the players can be registered and I was like, no, you can't. You can only add three new players. You can only make three changes to the squad. So, in your opinion, I'll start with reward. Which three players do you think will make the Champions League squad? I mean, Enzo is the world record signing, so that's a no-brainer. Um, Kylo Modric is way too exciting to leave out of the Champions League. I feel he will feast there, so that's another one. And then, um, Felix, just because he is Felix. <laughs> I think we have enough in defense, so I think um, that's Koulibaly. I know there's a lot of battle. Um, I'm so, uh, so, so sorry to differ. 
Kulibali fills me with dread. Like reward. I'm not. I'm not exaggerating. The word is dread. <laughs> <laughs> if I were Potter, the three of your signings that you would have to that team, Enzo, it's no brainer. You can't leave out your record signing, and of course, we need a midfield maestro. We already lost Georgino, so we need somebody. Then we need um, uh, Modric because we've been crying for that person. And the third person, Badio Chile, is going to be in. The reason being that is the only one, is the only one that has been able to partner Thiago and give us a semblance of security at that back. So you cannot leave, you are talking about Kulibali. Who is Kulibali? That dreadful defender. Oh, yeah. But yeah, the Chile <laughs> You know, you can say you want to hide attacking players. First of all, the guy from Atletico is not, it's not, it's not a Chelsea player. He's on loan. Even if you are going to you are going to permanent his deal, he's still on loan. He's not contracted to Chelsea. So are you going to leave someone who is contracted for the next seven years out? Because of someone who, who is potentially going to stay for six months. Do you remember how much you? But do you remember how much the loan cost? Twelve million, which or you know, or, or, or already offset. He's already lost. He's already lost one month of that. So loan. it doesn't matter. <laughs> Let him play the Premier League. Let no, him see the. Uh, um, we need okay, him. we I don't think need Chelsea anymore. has Chelsea has enough in defense. There's no, Chilwell, we don't have Cucurella. enough in defense. That's the Cucurella mistake. Can play left and that, see, that's the I mistake know. that we are making. Enough of showing players into positions because they can play. Let us play players in the position they would optimally perform. When we talk about performance now, optimum performance. Look at the boy. He came in and he looked so assured. Two games, yes, or three games. I'm not, I'm not disputing that. So you can't leave. That, you can't leave him out. Fofana is what? Fofana is bad. Even at that. For a team that played three, three at the back, sometimes you need a roster of five defenders, and you have someone, Rhys James, that can't stay fit. He can't stay fit for five games. You have Bench Hewell. He could be on the field and he will go injured again. So you are talking about two people that you cannot totally count on. Then you have a Fofana that spent the best of his career out on injury. Then you have a very rascal and he. A, 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 a very uh, unsecured defender in the uh, Kulibali. So it leaves you with just wow. two. Wow. Uh, Thiago Silva <laughs> and of course... You are not sounding this way about Kulibali like two months ago. Yes, I wasn't <laughs> because I felt he was going to bring the security and the uh, experience. But this guy plays as if the ball is playing, it's made of hot, hot lava. He just wants to boot it out as soon as possible. And he runs into challenges, rush challenges and all that. You you see Benway Barashile, he plays and you see experience belying his age. This guy exudes so much confidence, the courage, the way he brings the charisma, the, the way he brings the ball out. In fact, I have seen my Rudiger replacement, Benway Barashile. Enzo oh. wow. so, uh, uh, <laughs> Felix would would understand. Noni Madweke has been playing Europa League for uh, all his life, so he will understand. And of course, uh, Fofana and uh, Santos, they should understand. The three signings are Potter. No brainer. Henzo, Modric, Badoshile. Yeah, thanks, Big. It's actually a very difficult question, as I asked you guys. Um, because, you know, when Reward said Enzo, Modric, Felix, 
it it's it seems straightforward, right? Because you know, these are the best players that we recruited, if I'm being very honest. So it's kind of like you want to be competitive in the Champions League, you put in your best players. But while while I like uh, face angle is Kulibali has not really performed, and then Fofana is someone that we don't know if we can trust yet. So for Badiashile, I'm sure maybe he would have thought, oh, uh, maybe I won't make the Champions League, League squad if we make a lot of signings. But now looking at his performances, two games, two clean sheets, you know, it's it's not enough to say, oh, he's going to be like this forever or try the season. But he has shown that he can partner silver and we can look solid. It's going to be a tricky uh, decision. I, I, I am glad I'm not Potter because... Anyway, you go, we are going to lose something. If you take out Felix, then we are losing that extra bit of spark in the final third, but we are gaining that security at the back. You take out Badia Shele, we are gaining that extra bit of spark up front and losing the security at the back. So, <sighs> thank God I'm not Potash. He's paid to make those decisions, so he will be fine. So, let's talk about Arsenal. Um, Albert, you know, looking at Arsenal, top of the league, playing fantastic football probably the best football in the premier league at the moment and i i think that's very fair to say uh, going into the transfer window I, I saw edu out trending in some small corners of twitter so for Arsenal fans listening it's not like it's everywhere just one small corner i saw it trending um i think at the time there were like so, some thousand thousands of tweets about it um, i can't remember how many but the logic behind that was they wanted Joao Felix, Chelsea got him. They wanted Modric, Chelsea got him. They wanted Caicedo. They couldn't get the deal done for for Caicedo, and then they had to get Jorginho. Now, no, I don't want to. I don't want to hear any disrespect for Georgie. People, people that know me know that you know I don't think that. You know, fantastic player, won it all. He's going to walk into that dressing room and you know tell them what it feels like to play Champions League football in the first place because those guys have not played it in five five or six years now. Then tell them what it means to win the trophy, you know. So you Georgie know, and Georgie is a winner, Georgie is a hard worker in training, he's a leader, so it's a huge plus for them. But Abba, what do you think about you know Leandro Trossard, uh Kiwior, I'm still struggling to pronounce his name. He came from Spezia. Um, do you think that with these signings, Arsenal have strengthened their position and maybe made themselves um, firm favourites to win the league? I think from since the league started, or as the league as the league pro- was progressing, Arsenal already had the firm foot on being the favourites to win the league. Like every football fan, we are always not content if that's the word we always want our club to to bolster the players get the right players and ensure that we have the right strategy and trust me like if I own Brighton I definitely won't sell Caicedo they're having one of their best seasons yet and you think I'm going to sell one of my best players out because of how much and I think because of our fans, we see these amounts and say, oh, they're quite expensive. The owners up there, I think they've, they own the club, so they've seen more money than we can actually ever think of. So, 
selling criteria would have been a bad strategy for Brighton, especially now that right now they sit sixth in the Premier League. And if they continue this way, hopefully they do, or hopefully they don't, or maybe they have a chance of playing European League football. And just imagine Brighton playing European League football. They are not going to risk that because of one transfer, one silly transfer. So yeah, I I don't blame Arsenal fans for crying out loud that Edu didn't deliver what um, the players that he wanted. I don't know how long Arsenal has been monitoring Trossard, but yes, he's actually an exciting player. He's, he's really an exciting player, and I know that he's going to deliver uh, uh, Arsenal right now. And Jorginho was actually quite a shock for me. I think he was just a lifeline and an excess player in Chelsea. So I'm not going to give that, um, I'm not going to say that's the best signing, but it was just smart to have someone that has won the Champions League and also one of Arsenal's, one of Chelsea's best players in the past. So he's quite an important player. He understands um, the Premier League. So that's a plus for them. So yeah, I think it is just, they just made smart moves. Just made smart moves right now. Honestly, I don't know much about Jacob Quirio. <laughs> I don't know much about him. But if you know Arsenal uh, from the past, they are very good at signing players that we don't know, that we've never heard of. And hopefully um, we get to hear, we get to see how well he plays like within the Premier League. So honestly, if I was to rate their transfer, I'll rate it a D. Um, it wasn't exciting. A, I, if they got one player that they actually wanted, just maybe would have rated it a little higher. But they, they didn't get players that they wanted. They just went for... I, I won't even say the next best option, but they went for something. Yeah, fair enough, Albert. So what we're going to do is just quickly um, talk about... Notable, notable transfers from other teams. I'll just run by a few of them. Southampton they signed Paul Onachu for 18 million pounds. Um, Onachu is a very tall striker, six foot eight, and um, he he had 79 goals in 114 appearances for Genk. I think he's going to be a good signing for them because um, Southampton need that you know dependable number nine and he can be that person i don't know how he's going to adapt to the premier league though and they also signed um kamal dean Suleimana for guys that watched the world cup he represented ghana and it's a club record deal 20 million pounds um nottingham forest as usual they had they just had to sign somebody they brought in kilo navas um jojo shelby and Felipe from atletico Leeds, um, I think the notable transfer there was McKenney and Bournemouth. I think Bournemouth actually had a very good window. I think if you are saying Chelsea is the, had the best window, then Bournemouth would be second because um, they got a defender, Ilya Zabani, they got Hamad uh, Junior Traore from Sassuolo, and I think that's going to be a very good buy. Dango Otara, very skillful player, uh, Antoine Semenya, and a few others. Uh, I think Bournemouth actually did well. But uh, just uh, quickly to go around, 
Um, Faye, is there any notable signing? Maybe someone I've mentioned, someone I've not, um, that you are looking forward to watching. Uh, yes, of course. Like you said, uh, there have been there. There were a lot of clubs that did some good business. Uh, well, the focus was on Chelsea and the big team, but then there are some players that are moved. Uh, you already mentioned the uh, Zabani. Uh, Crystal Palace were able to bring in two good players. Well, one and a half good player. Let me rephrase. Uh, Amada from Stuttgart is a very good player. And, uh, Who is the half? Probably. Eh? The half is how about Samba? I don't. Sorry, I shouldn't say <laughs> no, how about because there, there, there's an. 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 There's I don't want to mention that how bad name, but he's a half player. Well, what we know is that it would be a good experience for him learning from a player, uh, for, from a person like Vieira, what it takes to play that position. So I think it's going to be a good deal for him if if, if he can uh, level up and uh, put his head down. It's a good signing. I don't know what Nottingham Forest are on to. Jojo Shelby is a good signing for them. Jojo Shelby is a good signing. Well, a lot of people have uh, actually, uh, they, they were saying a lot of things about uh, Stabilizer. From what we've seen, it looks like a good signing, but then the jury is still out. Uh, those are the, uh, well, Fulham. Getting Cedric Suarez, I wouldn't say, I don't really know why Suarez was gotten on loan because I don't know what they are fighting for and I don't know why Suarez uh, has gone to Fulham and this tall guy that Leicester bought Solta <laughs> I really don't know what they are trying to do but it looks like someone who could help them salvage whatever is uh, remaining from their season yeah thanks V um, reward any notable transfer um, I think I like Weston McKenney at Leeds um, Jesse Marsh is gradually building uh, Team USA there. <laughs> it remains to be seen what hope, I hope they can escape relegation though. Um, then maybe Anthony Gordon to Newcastle. I, well, I don't know. I don't think he's any better than ESM or um, Almiron. So, but let's see what. Um, Let's see what you can do there. Those are the only ones that pop out. Okay. Albert, what about you? No, I really don't have lots of notable signings in my head. No, I just have lots of worries, honestly. Like, reward, you just spoke about McKenney moving from UV to Leeds City and then Leeds United. And you just wonder, like, what kind of move is that? Like, why move from UV to Leeds United? Like, <laughs> anyway. Um, honestly, I'm looking to see um, all the. I'm just looking forward to seeing all the Chelsea signings. Fee, oh, the game against Fulham, right, on on Friday, it's set to be maybe the most watched Chelsea match this season because it's not just us, the Chelsea fans, excited about our new signings. It's the haters just flooding it. I want to see them play rubbish, like. It's going to be maybe our most watched game so far this season. I, I can't bet. Yeah. <laughs> ah, 
yeah, I really want to see. I really want to see that. But um, yeah, Aston Villa they have um, Bachar Traoré call recalled back from loan. So let's see if that can help them bolster um, their team. So that's um, that should be a good one to look forward to. I think Aston yeah. Villa they are really not. They we they've been under the radar for quite a while right now. So let's talk about. I think the best deadline day signing is pretty obvious, right? It's Enzo, right, guys? I, don't, I think we need to stress it. Ah, any signing that would make reward to not sleep is the best <laughs> signing. <laughs> uh, no, it was it was crazy, man. I was I was up to like two a.m. because you know after the signing, you still have to. Monitor because just submitted the deal sheet, just showed that okay, everything was still aligned, and uh, it was such an emotional roller coaster. But we thank God. Uh, do you guys have any worst signing? Does anyone have a worst signing? Hmm. Stabilizer, <laughs> <laughs> okay. For those of you that might not know, uh, when face is stabilizer, what he means is Master Sabitza that joined uh, Manchester United. From Biomini Colon. <laughs> okay. Faye, 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 don't you think that he can offer any help to the team? What he can't offer anything, to be realistic. He doesn't have he doesn't have a particular skill set. He's just a jack of all trades. And those kind of players they can be useful when you have a a, a, a deep run in some competitions. Well, United are true to the final of one competition now. FA Cup is still there, but I, I know that uh, they are not going anywhere in the league and they are not going anywhere in the Champions League. So, Europa League, not Champions League. Please, let's not, let's not. Yeah, sorry, Europa League, they yeah, not, because they have they have reached their final boss stop. Barcelona will be there, yeah, and they will be sure. <laughs> and uh, Ericsson will soon be back, so he would still be used to his former position on the bench. So, what's the essence? I beg you. Okay, <laughs> thank you very much, Fee. Showing the hater spirits, you know, Albert gives us, we give him back. Um, reward, do you have a best failed transfer reward? Uh, I think we'll take ZH, but I don't know how that's um, good in any <laughs> in any capacity because I well, he's. And I, the guy literally wanted to leave. He'd done his medicals and everything. He, I even heard that he paid um, a part of his, um, what's it, part of the fees. He was ready to let go of some fees so that just so the, the move can happen. So I can imagine how devastated he is. So he's coming back. Although the Turkish league is still open, there are rumors that um, he might go to one of those clubs there, but I don't see him staying at Chelsea so yeah I, I don't know how his mental state is going to be you know coming back to the club um I'm worried mm-hmm. about Caicedo yeah Caicedo is another one yeah, um, I mean you. after that statement putting out that statement and this happened oh my god <laughs> I, I I honestly don't know how he's going to see the season through but that was that was really yeah I, I think it was very disappointing for Caicedo to come out there Posting on on Instagram saying you know, he's happy to fetch the club a world record transfer, uh, and everybody was thinking sorry a record transfer for the club, and then 
I remember thinking, oh, has something been agreed? You know, did Arsenal sign this guy low key and we don't know? And you know, it just didn't happen. So he he needs to learn how to go about these things. You know, you don't you don't go out posting on Instagram and you think Brighton are stubborn as they are. They're just going to to let go like that. It just doesn't happen. But yeah, I think Casado Casado and Ziyech, the right of David best field transfers now um very important question for our fpl um listeners and for us that also play the beautiful and frustrating game of fpl uh reward this is uh back to you again how do you think the transfer window will impact fpl teams you know we talked about players that have left we've talked about players that are coming how how would we see that impact our teams? Off the top of my head, one thing I can think of is uh, Jao Cancelo, fantastic FPL player over the years. Everyone, almost everyone, had him in their squad last season. This season he started well, but you know just didn't happen. Um, he has left Bayern Munich, so and that's a significant exit for Manchester City. But then it gives an opportunity to a 3.9 million. Uh, Rico Lewis to you know get a run of games and probably be a good asset. So, what? How do you think the window will affect our teams? And are there some players that we should start to look at bringing in? Yeah, I know a couple of people had Cancelo. Some people had Doherty as well. So, um, yeah, some people might have to consider using their wild cards early to like um, rearrange their teams, but. I don't think it's anything too serious to um, make you want to use your wildcard at this stage because there are lots of blank and double game weeks going forward that you might want to preserve your chips for. So, um, aside that there are some assets that their price points are quite interesting. Um, I know we saw Modric earlier at seven, seven million, and that, I know some people have got him in already. So that's. <laughs> That remains to be seen. Um, I mean, if he scores like a brace on Friday against um, uh, Fulham, I mean, the bandwagon might start, right? Um, yeah, so there are some pretty interesting, and the prices are quite nice. I know Enzo even came in at 5 million, although he's not. Um, He's supposedly a decline player. Yeah, but it's tempting, I swear. Like, Enzo is tempting at 5 million. I can't even lie. Like, it is tempting. It remains to be seen how he's used by Potter. So, yeah. It's it's early days to call, to make any calls now. But you know, I guess in the following weeks, we'll see how it goes. All right. Um, Albert. Uh, Albert has silently been performing very well when it comes to FPL. Um, and it's it's not a fluke at this point because he has done this before. Um, Albert keeps quiet when we are debating players to bring in and all that. And you know, you just end the game week and you see that Albert has like seventy plus points. You're wondering how? What's wrong with this guy? So Albert, let's put you on the spot. Are there any new signings that? Make sense to you FPL wise, and is there anyone that you are considering, um, or is there anyone that you've already signed? So, apparently, we're moving into 
a week that United has to United has a double game week, yeah. So right now my strategy is to prioritize United players, lots of United players. Now looking at the new signings, apparently definitely not bringing in Sabita because he's definitely not going to play. But like I still need to properly analyze what teams what players I'll have on the pitch. Because thinking about it, Leeds also has a double game week and do you want to actually prioritize McKenny into your team? I don't think that will be totally wise. But yes, Chelsea did lots of the lots of the most part of the transfer, so definitely having Modric in your team is actually quite smart. He was quite electrifying during when he came on in the last game. So that is one player that I will prioritize. Um, besides that, I really don't see most of them. But right now, from a Manchester United side, I know I know we just got Wegos. We got Wegos recently. So, but Martial right now is actually fit. And right now, as we're, as we're recording this, he actually scored in the game against... Are you serious? Yeah, oh, come on. The game against Nottingham. I hope you haven't sold him. I sold him. Yeah. I sold him. I told you guys I was going to sell him. I sold him last week. Oh, nah, he actually scored. Uh, everyone... Oh, no. Even Rashford gave two assists from the bench. So... You see what oh, I'm talking about? Yeah, right? this is painful. I can't even lie. Well, it's Martial though. Like he could play like 30 minutes and get another injury. So. Yeah, true. But it's just painful though, cause um... stay po- stay positive. Right? Martial was taken out in the 63rd minute and he scored in the 73rd minute. So it took him, yeah, 10 minutes to get the ball into the net. So. Yeah, but still, like, what 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 um have to just do for me is to start Webos in the first game against Crystal Palace. Uh, let let Marcel come off the bench, please, because I can't. Yeah, I can't, then also, I can't do it then. also, um, do you think Jorginho right now can bench anyone in Arsenal? No, I don't think so. I don't think Jorginho makes sense for anyone as an FPL asset. Um, if you play UEFA Fantasy, which I believe is a lot saner and it lets you appreciate football and players more, then um, you know, when Georgino was at Chelsea, it was almost a no-brainer to have because of tackles, interceptions, and doors and all that. But, you know, in FPL where it's just goals and assists, clean sheets, uh, I, don't, I don't think um, Georgino is going to make sense for, for our listeners. Exactly. All right, uh, Faye, do you have any new player that you feel uh, is going to make his way into your team? A new player that will make, make his way into my team. Uh, me, I've already bought uh, Mukiala Modric. I sold that useless Martinelli and uh, I brought him in. So that's the way to go. Even if he fails, no problem. What that guy showed in uh, in his 35 minutes is enough for me to stick my balls on him. That's good. He's the new Eddie Hazard. 
Eddie Hazard. Let's, let's not pressure so, him, please. Let's no, no, no. The boy, the boy, the boy doesn't know anything called pressure. Like I said today, pressure is what we see in Libya and Somalia. But to him, he leaves the game. He loves it. This is a boy that, uh, apart from the fact that he knows and he inscribed on his body that talent is never enough. He keeps leaving those edicts. Comes to the training first, he leaves, he is the last to leave, and he keeps putting in the extra work, extra work to be the best. He's focused and obsessed on being the best. The day I saw him play, I was obsessed with him and I started enthusing about him. Immediately I saw Chelsea being linked to him. I knew something special was going to happen. And eventually, when we got him, I was happy. In fact, that, that, that was the only signing I wanted Chelsea to sign. After Modric, I don't want any other person. Because I know we needed that A factor, which we have lost since Eddie Hazard left. Like some policies telling they cannot even dribble my grandmother. Eh? Well, this boy, apart from the fact that he can dribble, he has those brilliant turn of pace, and he can. He can dazzle you in one split second if you if, if, if you just take your eyes off the of the <laughs> with the electric fine pace. So he's he, the boy is already my team. I'm looking at the I'm looking at the bringing in Trosa too. I don't know if that decision will be justified now because Martinelli's underlining stats have dropped. Halmiron is someone that I, I I also want to sell. Or maybe I've sold himself. But the conundrum I have now is Madudoati. I had already used my free transfer and I've uh, taken a minus four on uh, Martinelli. And now that that boy has gone to Atletico now, he's still my team. I need to get him out before his uh, useless uh, value keeps depleting. So that's the best I can do for now. Carlo Modric is saying, I'm looking at Trossard because I know Trossard would soon bench Martinelli. That's a that's a bogus claim, but I know that. Um, a word on Trossard. I think his wife is expecting, or his girlfriend is expecting a child soon. So, yeah, I'm not talking about in the immediate. Martinelli will still Martinelli will still play against Everton, yeah. but in the long run, in the long run, he has the quality to bench Martinelli. Thanks, Reward, for that, because that's one of the things that FPO does. It makes you track people's personal lives. I honestly, I honestly, <laughs> of all the permutations, of all the <laughs> data sets, <laughs> of all the data sets we need to make decisions, uh, uh, we have to track. Reward, I hope you put this energy in your work. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you put this energy in your work, man. What? Uh, That's crazy. Uh, Speaking of things that are, you know, outside factors that could influence a player, um, reward, since you're the expert now on this, um, the FA is investigating a video that Modric did last year, in July, before he was even linked to Chelsea, um, where he was rapping and uh, this was a song was playing, was rapping the lyrics, and the N-word was used. Um, the FA has thought it wise to investigate. And does that cast a little bit of doubt when it comes to owning Modric? 
if you are looking for something to get busy with, um, they can contact me. I have plenty of things for them too. Because that's just ridiculous. I mean, there are so many things the FA can like investigate in terms of um, racist comments and stuff. Like when Muslims are described with the word terrorist, um, or when um, a black player they're shown like someone is holding like a banana or something. There's so many other things that you can even term racist. Like this is like a no. I just think it's a waste of time, honestly. So it's nothing to worry about. All right. So there you have it, guys. Our in-house private investigator. So there's nothing, <laughs> there's nothing to worry about. Uh, sorry, I know this is not this is not part of our discussion, but I want to ask a question. To reward, now that Jorginho is gone, who takes Chelsea's penalty? I actually think it's Kai Havertz. Yes, 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 Kai Havertz. So if you don't have Kai Havertz, this is uh, the time for you to bring him in. Uh, <laughs> see, I'm not bringing him in. You know, Modric is the only Chelsea asset. And reward, we we know we were talking about this last week. I said so. He's the only Chelsea asset that I feel I need to own. Rich James, I think whatever happens to Rich James, it's always my fault because whenever Rich James is on blinding form, I would normally own maybe a chill well, right? And then peer pressure, peer pressure, everybody is rising. And you're calculating the difference. The difference is this guy because he's having clean sheets and assists. So what do you do? You bring in Rich James. You bring in Rich James, he gets injured. So, you know, I I, I don't think I want to own Rich James. And Modric seems like the only Chelsea asset that makes sense. So, <laughs> please, any Kai Havertz talk, Mason Mount, I'm done with those guys because I always bring them in and they do rubbish. But one person to look at I think reward will probably go into that in game week 23 when we do the next episode Joe Felix will be back from his suspension and you know you can expect West Ham to feel his wrath so it's something to, to look forward to um, guys uh, I need to ask there's this Bruno or KDB question um, reward Bruno or KDB or both I think it depends on your team structure um Personally, for my team, I didn't take out KDB. I took out Harry Kane, and that allowed me get Bruno. Um, so it depends. It just depends on your team. Both are great assets. Remember that KDB has a double in 23. So if you're taking him out now, are you like going to make the reverse move in the next game? It looks like a waste of transfer, in my opinion. So. Look at your team and see what works best for you. But I think both are great assets. Um, Ericsson's injury makes Bruno more appealing. He should be on set pieces, maybe PKs, although I think Rashford will take them. But set pieces, corners, um, and of course, they'll look to him to provide um, um, attacking impetus, like creativity. So I think that makes Bruno more appealing of some sort. But yeah, KDB is still KDB. Although there's a case can be made for Mares, that, that should be the City asset aside um, Haaland that you should have because Mares has been brilliant of late. So, but then again, if you do KDB to Bruno next game week, you likely do Bruno back to KDB. So, 
Yeah, thank you, Rod. Albert, Haaland, Kane, or both? I have both. Where you are rich, you are rich. I have both. I'm, I'm not taking any chance of not having both of them. Like, I think my strategy this season was to ensure I have the two best strikers and the two best midfielders and the two best defenders. So, uh, I think so it's been working. They're yeah, giving yeah. us insights into your your performance yeah, team. So, in my, my forward, I have Haaland and Kane. In my forward, my midfield, I have De Bruyne and Rashford. That works. And defense, I have Trippier and Shaw. So, that, I think that's enough for me right now. Um, double game week or no double game week. Either of them will at least prove, provide or produce something interesting. So, so right now I can't bring in um, Fernandez because I have Martial also, and he's fit. So um, it's a tricky one on my end, but I believe. Uh, oh wow! I might actually take out Martinelli. So he has been saying so many bad things about Martinelli. I might take him out and bring in Modric. How about Just... don't listen to peer pressure? Don't listen to peer pressure. Just that's set your team. Run for a while. <laughs> peer pressure, that's how it is. Yeah, but well, sometimes it's anyway. good to listen to peer pressure on time because Haaland, I still, if the transfer that I did after Haaland scored against West Ham in game week one, if my enemies had not blocked that transfer, because I can swear that I did that swap, I would probably be you know a lot better than where i am now because the difference between me and a lot of people in front of me is the back-to-back hat tricks that haaland scored when he did you know that's still what gets what gets me so please sometimes you have to listen to peer pressure uh unpopularity how come you are on the <laughs> you are 30th on the log <laughs> well, <laughs> Reward is having the worst season ever. <laughs> yeah, he, he's having a very unrewarding season. Very unrewarding season, trust me. I'm having a terrible season thanks to Alan, uh, but um, there's enough time. There's enough time to recover. Well, well, there's enough time to recover, but then you have to get your template right because. The thing is that most of us we have the same core of the players, exactly. the same core. So right. what what I did, yeah. what I did, or what I'm doing differently this year is to follow that peer prayer. If we are all going to enjoy it, <laughs> let us enjoy. And if we are going to the gallery, let us all go. But the most important thing I do is to get my differentials in as early as possible. Get them in as early as possible. And those differentials have been popping. And I still say it. The day I took that decision to bring in Odegaard, a lot of people were saying Odegaard does not do this or not do that. Odegaard, Martinelli does this. Even the group, they were telling me Martinelli has been doing this, has been doing that. I said, bro, don't worry. I've seen something. The underlying start of Odegaard shows that he's getting into goal scoring positions more. Martinelli will just dribble, keep on uh, putting, he wouldn't even look up to pass. 
Bodyguard is so slick and he, he joins all those things together. And before you know it, he has house called Martinelli. So please, now we have some uh, uh, some uh, differentials that we have also gone for now. Some of you are still are still not convinced about Modric. Well, we shall see. And like I said, Kayavat, please bring him in. Bring him in. But speaking about differentials, um, triple captain rush for this game week might be one. See, you don't have a reward, and this is high high risk, high reward <laughs> strategies. Because yeah, it makes sense. But ah, uh, uh, what's the rush for? <laughs> like, you know, makes sense. You know, makes sense. See, there would be other games. You just want to uh, play your triple captain now. And gamble it out. There are other games, even single game week, where you would get reward for your uh, more value than rushing into this last last was it last game week or the previous one? I I I, I captained Rashford as against Haaland, right? Everybody captained Haaland, and uh, Rashford gave me I think twenty four points thereabouts to to Haaland's uh, sixteen point if I had captained him. Like I, I said earlier, there will be more games to do that. If you think it's it's best for you to play your triple captain, well, go, go, just go for it. But I don't think, I don't think Crystal Palace represent the game where you want to play Rashford as your triple captain. If Leeds was the first fixture now, I would have asked you to go ahead. But Crystal Palace, my brother, they've not won against Crystal Palace in the last four four appearances or four five matches. So, of course, they are playing at the Old Trafford, but then, when a team is confident against you, they become your... They, they, they go all out against you, knowing that even their worst day, they will get the result against you. Confidence plays a lot of uh, role in this football game. We have some teams that, when Chelsea are even at their best, once it comes, once those teams come like this, they must surely beat us. And that's because they are confident that they will, they will beat Chelsea. If Arsenal, if Arsenal keeps losing to everyone, once it's Chelsea, they will pick up form. And that is what Crystal Palace is to Manchester United. So, just tread with caution. Thanks, Faye. Uh, let's just end with captain picks. So, I'm going to go around and ask everyone who their captain is. Reward. Who's your captain? I'm sticking with Haaland. I don't care about Rashford's double. <laughs> that's, that's another high-risk strategy, word. Because Haaland is playing Tottenham away. Like, come on. Haaland scores the hat trick almost every game, so. All right. Albert, what about you? You think that rewards Mark? Haaland scores the hat trick. Anyway. It's 25 goals, Beans. Uh, Anyways. 25 goals, 20 game weeks. Is that Beans? I understand, but strike, sometimes strategy still wins, right? United have two home games against two clubs that they can win. Last time, they drew with Crystal Palace. Definitely, they are not going to draw with Crystal Palace again in their home. Because they have, they've had 12 consecutive wins at home. Most likely with um, Rashford leading the goal scoring efforts so right now uh, my captaincy goes to Rashford Manchester United against Crystal Palace Manchester United against Leeds United come on 
Yeah, it makes sense. I was debating between Rashford and Bruno before, but I can remember I moved it to to Rashford. Um, that was last time I adjusted my team, which was last week. Faye, what about you? Who's your captain? If it's not broken, you don't fix it. It's Haaland. It's rare. Rashford looks tempting. Two home games against Crystal Palace and where Leeds United. But let us not forget the fact that where since Crystal Palace played a match last, United have taken to field three times, and fatigue counts in these kind of games. Fatigue counts. Look at Rashford. He was benched today, and he came on to stretch his leg. Well, fine. Against Crystal Palace, you would. Uh, Wanting to fire on all this thing, and eventually you might be surprised. I will blank. Whereas Tottenham are, are, are not exactly, exactly a formidable force, especially when Manchester City have started their customary run. And of course, Conte will not be on the sidelines, which makes it more juicy for Pep Guardiola to show his, uh, himself. So, well, Alan again. If everybody captains Alan and he blanks. Like I said, it's all going to affect all of us. But you don't fix it when it's not broken. Alan. All right. Thanks, guys. So it's clear that for Double Gaming 22, it's either you are captaining Haaland as usual or you try something new. Again, as Faye has said, don't fix what is not broken. So it's up to you to make that decision. If you've been with us so far, thank you so much. We are the empty stands um, on Twitter. We are at the empty stands, and on Instagram, we are the empty stands podcast. Looking forward to a very fruitful double gimmick 22. Thank you very much, Faye, Albert, and Reward, for giving us your tips and guiding us on what we're supposed to do ahead of the next game week. To all our listeners, we wish you green arrows. In double game with 22. Cheers.